Let me guess, you signed up for every free lead magnet and binged on every marketing YouTube video and thought, what am I missing? Why isn't my business exploding like that? Well, I can tell you, you're not alone. Whether you're just getting started or have an established business, entrepreneurship can be really lonely, but it doesn't have to be. Overcoming your fear of launching or building your personal brand or figuring out how to scale, it shouldn't be holding you back. It should be empowering you. On this podcast, we're going to deep dive into the mechanics of what it takes to build your brand, make your mark, and stake your claim in the digital marketing space. I'll be chatting with people from all walks of life and stages in their careers. I will be getting inspiration from real experts who will share their actual strategies and techniques to grow loyal and raving followings and sell more stuff. This is entrepreneurship from people who are already there making it happen. My name is Jeff Mendelson. Join me and welcome to the One Big Tip Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. And today, I am really pleased to have with me on the line Tony DiMatteo. Tony is the Chief Executive Officer and Co-Founder of Lottery.com, Sports.com, and WinTogether.org. Tony is responsible for global initiatives and the development and execution of the company's long-term strategy. He is also a sought-after industry speaker and thought leader, and his approach to entrepreneurship, cryptocurrency, and the gaming industry, which has been reported on in the Wall Street Journal, VentureBeat, TechCrunch, and many, many more. So, Tony, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. This is going to be a lot of fun today. So I want to get an idea of a little bit of your background. One of the things that I understood from you know some of my previous lives is that operating in the gaming space, especially here in the U.S., is not so easy, right? There, are, There's a lot of tiptoeing you need to do, a lot of state agencies you need to deal with. And it seems like you've been, you know, you, you've been doing this for a good long time. Can you please fill us in a little bit on your background and how you got to where you are today? No, absolutely. It, it is difficult. I'll, I'll say, or it, it takes quite a bit of work. You know, we. Uh, well, I'll say my, my background is I, I'm just a, a serial entrepreneur. I grew up in Denver, moved to Northern California when I was about 15. Uh, ultimately, ended up graduating high school barely. Uh, you know, just by the sort of the skin of my teeth, uh, about an hour north of San Francisco. And um, I realized just sort of the normal sort of corporate pathway, you know, uh, of like from a career perspective is was just not for me. And so I, I was just sort of, you know, uh, um, I leaned very much entrepreneurial. Uh, I went to San Francisco in when I was about 19, I think, and, and was able to get into tech very early in, in about 1998. And so I saw the dot-com boom and the bus, and I learned a lot through that, I, though I sort of didn't participate in any of that because I just, I felt that I was a little too young, which was uh, honestly a little naive. Uh, I, I should have probably gotten into that, uh, but I didn't. I just saw it from the sidelines that as sort of an IT guy, that's my training and that's my actual sort of background. And so, but uh, still is over the next couple of years as I tried a lot of, you know, different startups and anytime that I had any idea, I would try to build it and try to make it a real thing. Um, some worked, some didn't. And that's how it goes. That's just the life of an entrepreneur. Is And then eventually I, I met my co-founder probably about eight years ago. Uh, his name is Matt Clements, and he's he's brilliant. And you know, I, at the time, I was running an IT company. He was running a different tech company, and we thought, look, we should just build things that should exist. We should build things that have to happen eventually. And that was sort of the the, the thesis around everything. And so on on the side, that's what we did. And so we got a couple of patents on unrelated things to lottery, but one of those ideas was Lottery.com, um, and that's the one that has just taken off. And you know the 
the idea was simply, look, their lottery, at least in the U.S. and in most places in the world, uh, is a completely you know paper-driven legacy industry, which is you walk in with paper money, you walk out with a paper ticket, and then that's the transaction. But it's also one of the largest industries or, or market you know TAMs in the world, uh, which is you know it's about eighty-eight billion in the U.S. and and four hundred plus billion internationally. And so we realized what that opportunity meant, and so we built it, and we were able to raise money from it. And then the rest is history. Is that has really been the thing that has just completely taken off for us. You know, what's really interesting about uh, being a startup owner is that, you know, most of the time you, you know, like you, I also started out, you know, in corporate, right? You know, you go to work for someone else's startup, you go to work for some other big, you know, some other larger entity than yourself, right? And you think to yourself like, geez, I can do that. <laughs> You're like, uh, and I can do it better, right? Right. So how did you make that, uh, that transition from, you know, going from being the employee mindset to following a leader towards, you know, something I'm going to plant my stake here and I'm going to make it happen for myself? That's a really good question. You know, so I, I think for me is one is the, just the way that I'm, I'm wired is, uh, I'm happy to follow any rules that that make sense that I think are you know beneficial to everybody. But any rule that makes no sense that was you know just created for some reason, I. I tend to ignore those rules. And that served me very well, honestly, is, and, you know, to paraphrase Steve Jobs is, you know, he said, like, look, the, the world that you live in right now was just created by people. People know smarter than yourself. It's just the way that it actually happened. And, and, and what I took away from that was that like, we can create our own reality and, uh, and our own destiny and what's going to happen in the future simply by just sort of, you know, not taking so seriously that, you know, the, the reality that we live in was made by people much, much smarter than ourselves. Cause that's not true. It's just not true. You know, like the, we live in the world that was built by people that are no smarter than ourselves. And so that was sort of the, I, and I'm just, I'll say I'm just wired that way. I'm not sure if I'm answering your question or not, but I, I always, when I, there is a lot of benefit to being an employee, especially when you're young, to understand people and to understand that, that the way things work currently, because you cannot innovate on what is uh, what the current situation is if you don't know what that current situation is. So it's good to, you know, develop your social skills, understand what sort of office politics is, especially if you're really just starting out. And then you can innovate on top of that of like and create your own reality, if that was helpful at all. Amazing. Okay, Tony. So that's really great. So what I wanted to talk about, though, is how you make that transition from going from you know, from the employee to the startup founder. And, you know, you're not doing this alone, right? You're hiring some of the, you know, you're partnering up with, you know, with some of your co-founders and you're bringing on some really bright people. But, uh, you know, you also need a little bit of finesse in order to do that as well. You don't just go and hire whatever Harvard MBAs you can find or finding, you know, like the best programmers at, you know, at absorbent prices. You know, there really is, uh, there really is some of yourself that you need to put in there you know, as a startup founder in order to make sure that you're going to go through this and you're probably going to make mistakes about this as well. So can you please tell me a little bit about your one big tip about how to hire the right people and how to make a startup grow for you and not just be, you know, like bringing on a bunch of people that are going to, that are going to make decisions for you and possibly lead you down the wrong path. Right. Absolutely. You know, uh, I'll, I'll say when we started is we had the, the idea of like, look, there's talent everywhere. So we should just hire 
everywhere, whether it's remotely or, or not remotely. And that, that has paid big dividends as we've moved forward. Um, and, and if you think back six years ago when we started, like that really wasn't a thing, especially for, for a startup. Um, but to maybe skip ahead a little bit, the one big tip is like you, you really have to, as an entrepreneur or a founder or a CEO, is to trust your own judgment. And even if it's wrong, because it will be wrong sometimes and that's okay, but you have to be that decision maker. Like that is actually ultimately your role is to make the decision to go left or right for A or B, et cetera. Um, and the, the, the reason for that is, uh, look, you, if you're a, a good founder or a good CEO is that you, you have to understand that if something goes well, you're going to get a lot of credit. Uh, you know, either if you're a public or non-public company is you're going to get the credit for that decision. If you put out a good product or if you, you know, have some good partnership, et cetera, um, that's great. Uh, you're, you're going to get that credit. And the right thing to do as a, a entrepreneur is to defer that credit to your team. Because honestly, like, you know, look, I don't write the code. I don't, you know, make sure that everything is working properly. Maybe I got I got the deal done, but you, any opportunity that you have as a CEO is you defer that credit to your team because that's really who actually executed on your vision. Your job is to have that vision, but really the the people that make the things happen is probably not you. And so I think that's a that's a really big part of it. But the other side of it is, you know, when things go wrong, is that you. Uh, we'll get the blame uh, every time. And and I think is that the, the right way to do that is you have to own all of that, all of the punishment or whatever happens to you because you are the CEO. The, the buck must stop with you. So, you know, whatever happens is like you will take all of that blame. And, that, and that's why I say like the, you have to trust your judgment because all of those things are going to happen. You, you cannot lead by committee. And if you're doing the things the right way is that as a, a founder or CEO is that you should have the best perspective on everything that's going on in your company, you know, which is, I think, a unique perspective because everybody else is in their own role and they have to own their role and they have to, they can only come to you with their perspective on things. And so the, the right way to do things is, uh, again, one, if things are good and you, you are receiving some praise is give that praise to your team. And two, if things are not going well, um, you have to own all of that criticism and blame and, and just take it as yourself because there's, you cannot defer that, that, that is, you have to own that, that, that is what, that's your role. That that's what you have to do. You know, it's interesting that you say that because, you know, a lot of people binge on what Elon Musk says or what Mark Zuckerberg says about starting up and you got to hire the, you got to hire the best, but they may not the best people that you hire, you know, to lead development or the best people that you hire to lead sales may not necessarily be the best people to help you make HR decisions. Right. And they're definitely not the best people to make, uh, you know, financial decisions. Right? right. So there's almost like a stay in your lane type of mentality. But on the flip side of that, you don't want, you know, people to be, uh, you know, to have a hand in everything, especially because that's going to create a committee. Right. And if you have to get buy in or you have to get, you know, resolution by each and every one of these people, you know, that could really slow things down. Uh, have you ever had a situation where where you noticed that your team was approaching that and then you needed to sort of, I don't know, reel them back in order to make that, uh, you know, in order to correct that course and then make it happen for you guys? Um, absolutely. You know, so I, I think it's it's really important, again, to, to, to trust your judgment, even if it's if it's completely wrong, because you have to move forward. You know, uh, well, I'll say this sort of the entrepreneurial lifestyle. It is the lifestyle. And in some ways, it's faith. 
which is that, you know, like eventually you're going to figure this out and you're going to be successful as you move along. But I, I've had many of those situations. Uh, as well, I'll say a quick story is, you know, we, we're very lucky to get the domain of lottery.com. Uh, you know, we, we started as Auto Lotto. And, and in 2017, we met the owner of lottery.com. He ultimately ended up investing into the company and then gave us the domain on top of that. And that's how we got this incredible brand, right, which just drives all of this sort of uh, consumer trust in, in what we do. And so that was a, a, a huge win for us. And so when we were thinking about like, what, what should the logo look like? And so I, I brought my entire team together as probably 10 or 12 people. And we did some, you know, like user experiencing, user experience testing. And all of what that means is to see like, what is the, the best possible logo for us? What should we really be doing right now? Well, like what is the best possible logo? And the logo that you see right now on, on my t-shirt is what we came up with. The mistake that I made was that I thought like, look, it's really a balance, which is that I don't want to be a dictator. I don't want to say this is the way things must go. This is the way things must be. Is I, I want to have a diverse perspective on everything that we ever do. Um, because that's how you discover that you're, you're wrong about some type of assumption. But in this case, is the logo idea just made no sense to me is like my, my goal was like I, I think we should have a, a logo that sort of looks timeless right which looks like you can't tell if it was born out of the you know dot-com boom uh, in 1999 or if, if, if we just were founded yesterday that's was the goal of the whole thing and we could borrow sort of the brand equity of the biggest games in the world like a powerball or mega millions uh, and so this is what we landed on and what ended up happening and this is you know one of the biggest mistakes I made was you know we, we ended up uh, hiring a, a a firm that that did logos and this was their whole thing and I you know I went down to Southern California two or three times with, you know, over probably three or four months. And I, I remember very clearly is that I, I, I brought myself and my co-founder and head of growth, head of marketing, et cetera, all to San Diego. And we were in a room and it was just plastered with logo ideas of what could be uh, of all the ideas. And, um, you know, my, my head of growth at the time, he, he leaned over and he said to me, like, you know, Honestly, the idea that you that you had probably four or five, six months ago, that was actually the best one because like all of these things are not as good. And so, <laughs> you know, and I thought like, wow, that was like such a huge mistake. That was a, a six figure mistake where I, I could have just said, like, look, this is the best way to go. But at the time. I didn't want to discount everybody's ideas. I didn't want to say, look, look, all of this makes no sense. Like we should go this direction because as a co-founder or a founder or CEO, et cetera, it's like you have to, you have to own it. You have to understand that like you're going to get all of the blame, but you're going to also get all of the praise, but you have to make decisions very quickly. And if, if you don't do that, like that's to your detriment. Is you have to go forward. You have to go forward quickly, especially in a startup environment. And and I, I wish that I had just sort of stood my ground at that point and made sure that I got the logo that we have right now. Like I could have saved, you know, five or six months and maybe a hundred thousand dollars if I had just said like this is the way and and we should just go with this. You know, that's an amazing story. I think a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck in that as well. I'm sure your story is not unique in that, you know, people will spend a lot of time on things that okay, yeah. 
branding is important, right? I'm not going to discount that. You know, getting the lo- the logo right. Yes, that's important. You know, you shouldn't discount that. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like if your intuition said, you know, we need to go on this and then focus on more important things. Why are we spending so much time, energy and money, you know, down yeah. someone else's creative things when it when it was already it was basically already there. So, you know, you probably consider that a, a you know, a learning mistake, right? It's something that you, uh, you know, for your next startup, you're not going to right away go out and trust, you know, the big brand guys. You're probably going to trust your intuition a little bit better simply because it helped you out now, you know? No, you're, you're completely right. And the lesson is really, uh, as they've said, is is good decisions come from wisdom, right? But wisdom comes from making bad decisions. And so you have to go through that journey, which is that, you know, like you make a whole bunch of bad decisions. That's okay, right? Which will make you a better entrepreneur because you will learn along the way of like, okay, this was a bad decision. Why why was it a bad decision? And you'll learn as you go. But if you just sort of let people, you know, run you over or make decisions by committee, like you're not going to learn those lessons. But ultimately is, again, you are responsible for that company. Like the, the, the buck stops with you. And so if you make some very bad decisions, like you have to take all of that. And if you make good decisions, like you don't like uh, as a, as a good, I, in my opinion, as a good CEO or entrepreneur is anything good that comes your way in terms of praise is like, you should defer that to your team and that's how it should go. But any blame, like you're, you're going to take that. So just make the decision, right. And, and live with that and that you own it. And then, and that's how it goes. Right. And eventually again is, being an entrepreneur is a a lifestyle and maybe a faith, right? Uh, of like what you believe is your best path forward. The project or company that you're working on right now, maybe is not the one that's going to work. And maybe it's not, right? Like it, most startups fail. But if you want to have like long-term success, is that like you need to really understand that like you are the captain of the ship and that like it's up to you and you have to go forward with that and that's it and if you fail five times in a row that's okay because you're learning every single time that you do that along the way but i'll say if you don't do that and you let other people make the decisions that you should have made then you're not going to learn from them and so it's it's much better to just make the decision yourself. It, it is very important for you to have a very diverse team with diverse thoughts and diverse opinions of like what they think you should go forward with. But like ultimately, you have to be the person to make those decisions. And if you don't, I, I, in my opinion, that is a lot of cowardice is like you really have to make those decisions and be very specific about it and, and understand what you're going forward with. That makes sense. It makes perfect sense, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's really interesting how, you know, when people who've already gone through this process, right, uh, come on the show and talk about their experiences, right? Because I think a lot of people, you know, who listen to this are going to be like, well, wait a second, you know, like I'm working on a logo right now and I just blew through weeks, you know, on Canva or whatever on it. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. dude, that, that doesn't matter. That's not what's going to close the sale, right? Yeah. What is going to close the sale is your offering. It's going to be your hook. It's going to be your story and ultimately, you know, like what you have to offer people. Right. And, you know, one of the dirty jokes in the digital marketing industry is that even ugly sites make money. Oh, it doesn't need to be picture perfect. So thank you so much for sharing that. I agree. 
Absolutely. Uh, can you please let everyone know where they can learn more about you and how they can reach out to you directly if they'd like to learn more? Um, sure. You know, I think the, the, the easiest way is on Twitter, which is like at Tony DiMatteo, D-I-M-A-T-T-E-O. Uh, like, you know, you can find me there. Uh, like we have like a really good community. Uh, it, it's small, but I think it's growing um, on Twitter and then also stock twits. But, uh, you know, you can see me there all the time as people have uh, opinions on what I should be and shouldn't be doing. And um, I love all of that. Amazing. Amazing stuff. Tony, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a lot of fun. I love talking about this stuff. And, uh, you know, I really think that your that your experience with this is really going to help out a lot of people in the future. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it. I'll just say what the world needs right now is more entrepreneurs. And uh, apps, there's never been a better time in the history of humankind to be an entrepreneur. It, it, it could not be easier to do. And I encourage absolutely everybody who's listening right now to go be an entrepreneur, even on the side, whatever that means for you, just go and do it. And you'll learn so much more about life and, and how the world works than you could ever do just by just being an employee. That's it. Amazing, amazing stuff. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it. Thank you.